Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of 2022. We are uh, starting this year off with a big episode because we took a week off and for several reasons, but you know, it's good to kind of take a break every now and then. And uh, so we utilize that time to get caught up, to recharge and to uh, really start this year off, this amazing year off, right? Which I'm calling it right now. It's going to be an amazing year. I don't care. I'm just going to put it in the universe, put it in the universe, people. Speak it and make it so. There you go. There you go. So, so let's start off with uh, Happy New Year, Brother Patrick. Uh, we uh, we decided to start it off with uh, with a little bit of snow, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Like that's all. Would have been good a week ago, but you know, you know how it is in Tennessee. Weather just yes. kind of does what it does. Yep. 73 one day and then snow the next. Yeah. Single digit weather. Got, um, you know, stayed over mm-hmm. Thursday to Friday. But it was cool. It wasn't bad. Making it in safely and went home Saturday. No, Friday yeah. night. Friday night. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> snow. Nobody was, wants to hear about that. But it's funny. We got off work, and when I came home, I was looking at the sky. I could see the mm-hmm. stars, not a cloud anywhere. Yep. I'm like, maybe we'll be okay. Woke up at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I looked out the window, just like, I don't know, just dumped a yep. whole bunch of snow. I'm like, all right, now I got to try to get to work. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Had a uh, came in Thursday morning, mm-hmm. got into work. Cotton candy sunrise. Beautiful. Just blues and pinks and a little bit of tinge of purple in there. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful sunrise. I go, oh, this is so beautiful. It's a shame it's, a shame it's going to go to shit in about an hour. <laughs> and I wasn't wrong. I should have taken a picture, but I didn't. Before. How it started and how it's going. <laughs> yeah. Because so. you know, I heard that like when the snow hit, it just... Came down quick, yeah. fast, and within an hour, it was, was like, wow. It, like a, yeah, I mean, it was literally too fast and too furious. And a lot of the cars on the, a lot of cars on the road were not able to do any of those things. <laughs> Trying to make up. Like, yeah. we don't have to make up. We're good. We're yeah, good. we're good. Yeah. We don't, we're not equipped for this. Like, we were good, but what happened on Sunday? Cool. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was enough. No, it's all right. Little rain yesterday, warmed up. Little rain yesterday, and then boom, like it hadn't even snowed. Yep. The only, the only evidence left is what's out on our cars. So. That's it. That is but it. beautiful day today, and I am, I'm ready to kick in this new year. So, and for those that, uh, for those listening, uh, also, you know, we wish Happy New Year, but, you know, this. Right after New Year, things kind of go flat because then you'll have like Valentine's. 
But what most people don't know, the best part of the new year is what comes within that first, I would say, in the middle of that second week of the new year. Mm-hmm. Our friend, my favorite person and co-host, Patrick Terry's birthday. So tomorrow, the 11th, happy early birthday, my friend. Thank you, sir. So, yeah. So we definitely need to get the word out on that. So happy birthday. Hope you have an amazing day. I mean, you'll like me be at work. But I mean, other than that, yeah. have an ama- even while you're there, have an amazing day. Yes. So, make, you know, make it your own. So. Yep. That's what I plan to do. I'd be hitting the big 4-2. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, nothing too special. <laughs> it's like, nah. I mean, just been another day since thirty-five. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I was that way first. I was that way after seventeen. I'm like, I can go to rated R movies now. I don't even care. <laughs> like yeah. after that, shit downhill. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> a peak. Just, yep, peaked at seventeen. Yep. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, goodness. Well, and with. With your birthday coming up, and oh, we had a lot of things occur between since the last time. I guess I was shortly, you know, kind of spur in the moment announced at the end of the episode. But we now have swag. You can now get merchandise with our podcast logo on it, our new podcast logo on it. I should say for twenty twenty two. Got merch. Got the merch over at the Red Bubble. Just do a search for our podcast, and you will find all kinds of goodies. That are up there as well in honor of Patrick's birthday and in honor of Patrick and I enjoying our, uh, our showing our love for a 24 movies. We have, uh, some merch we put up there for a 24. What did I just watch? Cause if you don't watch an a 24 movie and do not think that exact same question and do not have that question after you leave, have you really watched an a 24 movie? There are, there are exceptions, but for the most part, that should be very few. Yeah, very, very few. <laughs> like literally yeah. less than a handful. Like less than a handful. <laughs> so check that out as well. Uh, that's one way you can help support a podcast. And if you are not able to do that, we would just love it if, if you just recommend it to somebody. So there's that as well. Uh, in addition to all those great things that occurred. We have had some tragedies that have befallen before us since New Year's. We've lost dear Betty White, and it aches my heart every time I go to the store now and all the magazines have celebration of Betty White turning 100. I'm like, ah, I feel like y'all jinxed her, and that's not cool. And it's crazy because I, I had taken Tyler to see Spider-Man, so before they started the movie, they ran a promo for that. And I was just like, I'd seen it before. I didn't think anything of it. But this time it was just, I don't know, something was weird about that. Yeah. And then I got a text halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, okay. That, I was like, that makes makes sense. Because I think it was around the time that they showed that, that that text came through. But I didn't check yeah. it till later. And I was like, wow. Dang. <laughs> Dang. She Thanks. was, Yeah. Truly an icon. I mean, she's been yes. on television every decade since the 40s. I mean, since pretty much TV's been around. She was pioneer. a ball- yep, pioneer. <laughs> she, literally a pioneer. She 
She served as a volunteer in World War II and assisted in the effort there. I mean, she's like as close as you can get to a female Tom Hanks. Like, there, you cannot find one person that could say a bad thing about her. It's just, yeah. Um, she's definitely, definitely going to be somebody that's going to be missed at our house. Um, we Ruth celebrate well, I guess celebrated her life by watching Golden Girls all day, New Year's. So, uh, we also lost acclaimed and amazing director Peter Bogdanovich, as well as equally amazing actor Sidney Poitier, which, whew, man, talk about everything he did yeah. as well, not only in film, but also for civil rights and. In that, and if you and I kind of made a post about this, but if you have not seen In the Heat of the Night and then read the behind the you know the stuff that went on behind the scenes while during the filming of this, wow, you need to do yourself a favor and go do that. Um, exceptional, exceptional actor. And then, uh, last night we lost actor and stand up comedian Bob Saget. I mean, it's like boom, 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 four in a row. Within, yeah, less than shoot three in the last three four days, and then and then we lost uh, Betty White New Year's Eve. So rough, it's a rough go there, but they will all be missed when we will. But thankfully, we can still celebrate their life by watching their work. That's true. kind of one thing about entertainers; you can always celebrate them by revisiting their past work. So, all right. Uh, what have you been watching TV wise, my friend, since we have no Marvel show to watch? Well, right. <laughs> well, I had, I did get caught up with the new Dexter. Um, I just have to watch the finale. That's the only thing I have left to do. And um, I started watching Euphoria, which just started their second season. Yeah. I'd never watched it before. Um, there's a couple other shows that's on my on my watch list. Mm-hmm. I was told that um, there's that one on Prime. I can't think of the name of it that just came out. Um, Wheels of Time that was suggested uh, to me again. Yes. So I've heard multiple people say so. That's that's one I'm gonna try to watch. And um, that's about it. I've been trying kind of getting more into gaming a little bit, oh, so okay. to speak. What you know, are you playing? A, um. Well. For an early birthday gift, I looked up on a PS5. Okay, I see you, big so, timer. So it, it like I got a restock notification on Twitter, and so I said, well, "Let's see, let's see if if I'm quick this time because it's like the last couple months, no luck." And then everything just went through. I'm like, I guess it was time for me to get it now. <laughs> and so <laughs> a better time than the present, right? I don't have any actual PS5 games yet, but I have some PS4 that are, that are compatible, so I'm ready okay. for Yeah, but I'm liking it so far. I just I just think Sony kind of skimped on the storage. They they really skimped on that. It's supposed to be eight eight hundred twenty five gigabytes. Okay. After setting it up, you have about six forty four. I'm like, Oof. I'm after like, Come setting on. it up. Yeah. Jesus. Right. <laughs> And so, I mean, it's better than the 500 gig, and then you have about three something afterwards. But still, they could have done better than that. 
So it's sad that it's sad that we think that that's still not a whole lot. I mean, it is. I, I, it is, but I mean, just think about the game sizes. Yeah, just think about you and I. Yeah. In our first computer. <laughs> yeah. Like we would think twenty gigabytes is a ton of storage. Yeah. But it's like every time they create something new, it just takes more, more, more storage space to utilize it. It's crazy. Like my PS2 still has the little game cards that are like megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Of storage. Eight megabytes. Yep. yep. I still got same here. I think 16. I think I have a 16 and a 32. And I thought 32 was like, oh my God, I'm not going to use this. Yeah. And then here we are. 30 games. (laughs) Yeah. And here I'm looking at like Fortnite's taking up like 20 gigabytes now or some nonsense like that. I'm like, that game, the graphics aren't good enough for it to take up that much space. Oh, just like I saw the extra content. But be glad you're not into Call of Duty because the most recent was like 235 gigs. I'm like, for a game. For, yeah. yeah. I think it's like campaign and multiplayer combined, I think. Like, I'm not really big on it, but, like, I'm glad I'm not. Because <laughs> right. I'm invested in upgrades from oh storage alone. But, yeah. And the crazy thing, I just recently upgraded my PS4 storage to, to get two terabytes. And um, when I put all the games I had on there, I still had a terabyte left. But I was like, wow. They really didn't. They skimped on the, on the memory for the first ps4 run like 500 gigs you think that's a lot until you look at the file size of the games and it's just like, ridiculous you got games coming out with two discs <laughs> like right I think, I think red dead redemption 2 had two discs i was like nah i'm good i'm good <laughs> yeah even with ps2 games that had two discs intimidated me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm like i don't think i'm in an, i don't think i'm <laughs> I don't think I have that kind of time on my hands <laughs> to right. dedicate two discs. Shoot, I remember but PS1, like Final Fantasy, those games were at least yeah. four or five discs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I never played them. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't ever big on RPGs. I didn't like the whole turn base. I like to push a button. You know, let me yeah. let me control my character completely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah. No thanks. No thanks. Oof. Lord. Uh, well um i think the only tv i was trying to think about this while while i was planning out my outline and everything Mm -hmm. because i've done a lot of revisiting movie excuse me revisiting movies instead of watching tv shows yeah um but the one show i did finally start watching is on hbo max it's called station 11 it stars one of my favorite actresses, Mackenzie Davis. She was in the most recent uh, Terminator Dark Fate. She was the Terminator. Um, she was also in Halt and Catch Fire, which is still, hands down, one of my favorite shows, which is still available on Netflix. She was in the movie Tully, which is Charlize Theron. Uh, so Station Eleven, it's about a post-apocalyptic, there we go. Get, I'll get it out. Sound it out. <laughs> yep. Saga. Use your syllables. Um, uh, spanning multiple timelines, telling the stories of survivors of a devastating flu as they attempt to rebuild and reimagine the world anew while holding on to the best of what's been lost. 
I know the last thing people really want to watch is a TV show that's about a pandemic. (laughs) I agree. No, I agree. The one thing this show is doing well is that it's telling Mackenzie Davis's character, uh, Kirsten Raymond. Uh, It shows her she was an actress in a theater in Chicago. Uh, Himish Patel is also in it. He plays uh, uh, Jeevan Shudery. And he's uh, he's also an actor. One of the other actors on the sh- uh, in the show gets sick, uh, played by uh, Gael Garcia Bernal. He falls ill. Just the show stops pretty much. And then things start happening. People start falling out. You know, power goes out, all that. So Javine takes Kirsten in. They go to Javine's brother Frank's apartment because he was closest. And they stop and get a bunch of supplies and everything because they know things are starting to... They could tell something's going to miss or going to right. You know, just things aren't right. And then they show up and... They just hide out until things start kind of blowing over. And yeah, it's about that story through flashbacks. And then some other characters in the show that are trapped in an airport because of this whole flu thing. All the flights get grounded to get trapped at this airport. And then they're kind of shut off. It's up in, I believe, Minnesota. They get stuck at some small airport there. So they all wind up at uh, you know, traveling, and then it fast forward like twenty years, and then Mackenzie Davis, you know, not a little girl anymore. She's now grown. She's leading this band of theater people that are going around and doing Shakespeare to small communities, and you know, they're I guess I don't want to say they're famous because when there's no electricity and Everything, but you know, word gets out about this traveling troupe of theater people. Lori Petty, of all people, hadn't heard that name in a while, I'm sure. Anyway, she's in this as a supporting actress, and you recognize her, and you definitely recognize her voice <laughs> more than anything. But it's actually pretty good. Uh, the first, the entire first season is out. It's uh, really well done. I'm really enjoying it. I would recommend it. But it, yeah, it's if you're not into, if you're not really feeling a pandemic uh, TV show, then you probably won't be feeling this. But if you could kind of look past that part and look at the fact that it's a, it's more of uh, the human interest of these characters and their stories, because it doesn't really focus as much on the actual pandemic itself, just the what's how they are living their lives at post you know, afterwards. So, uh, again, that's on, uh, HBO max. And that's really the only thing I've watched TV wise. I've revisited some old, uh, TV shows. Ghostbusters afterlife is on iTunes now for purchase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got that and I got York, uh, the newest venom with their be carnage. It was, they had iTunes had it for $10. I'm like, I'll spend $10 on this. I'm not, just yeah. like I did with the first one. I'm not spending full price on it, but I'll right. half. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, for him to rewatch it because he really enjoyed it. 
And that's, uh, that's about it, other than what we've got to talk about today. So, um, should we start with uh, this one, since we both watched it? Sure. Okay. So, we'll just make that our feature, I guess. <laughs> um, for today's feature, Patrick and I both watched on Disney+. Plus. Disney's Encanto, which also had a you know a run in the theater, but we just never got around to seeing it in theater. Um, so what we did watch was we watched on Disney Plus. I uh, Grayson had already watched it twice while I was at work, so she was in the to watch it the third time. So you know we kind of watched it together. Uh, Encanto is rated PG, an hour and 42 minutes long. Came out, in, I believe, during Thanksgiving. It is about a young Colombian girl that has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without any magical powers. Uh, Stephanie Beatriz, who voices the main character Mirabelle, she most people know her from Brooklyn Nine Nine as Rosa. She's my favorite character on that show. Uh, Maria Cecilia Botero as Abuela Alma, John Leguizamo as Bruno, Mora Castillo as Felix, Jessica Dero as Luisa, Angie Cepeda as I guess Julieta or Julieta. I guess how you how you pronounce it. Uh, Carolina. Getian as Peppa, Diane Guerrero as Isabella, and Wilmer Valderrama as Augustine. This is directed by Jared Bush and, excuse me, Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and Sharice Castro-Smith. This movie is extremely has extremely uh, vibrant colors and animation. I thought the animation's great. It kind of, I thought the animation was actually done better and pres- you got a more of a feel of the magical area in this movie than you then say like Luca. I thought Luca was okay. Yeah. Just in general, but I really enjoyed this one more. It was more fun to watch. I liked the music more in this. Um, it's very, very Disney. Like Luca just seemed kind of like it was Disney-ish, <laughs> but not you know like a full-on Disney movie. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, but this <clears> one <throat> is that. very, this one's very Disney. Even though no princesses, just nope. a magical family. I mean, it's more Marvel than it is <laughs> like a Disney princess movie. Um, and that they have superpowers, but one of the one of the parts of, one of the parts that I guess supplies magic to the entire family breaks, and so then the magic from the house kind of starts falling apart and losing it. Mirabella feels responsible for breaking it, and then is on a journey to help literally pick up the pieces. I guess in a metaphorical and. <laughs> In literal sense, and she wants to fix things. Yes, fix fix things so that she can put the family back together. Um, but 
she's not sure how she's going to do it because she doesn't have any powers. But as the magic from the house disappear, you know, uh, starts to disappear, so does the magic powers that each family member has. And so it's relying more, they're relying more and more on her because they don't really know how to live without their powers. And she only knows how to live without powers. And I guess her greatest power is bravery, I guess is a good way to put it. So, but I thought the music was really good, really catchy. Lin-Manuel Miranda in charge of them. I think he's just in charge of all the music now at Disney. Might as well. <laughs> Might as well. Um, he's a very busy person, but I mean, they're all catchy songs. I mean, uh, the drip, drip, drip song is, I think, Grayson's favorite. And then, uh, of course, the Bruno song, everybody. Yeah. I think it's very popular as well. But I thought all in all, the the characters were done well, uh, very distinguishable. Maribel is very relatable to a lot of people that don't feel like they're special and kind of feel left out, kind of the outcast, but finds who they are, you know, in the process of this journey and adventure. So it's kind of her coming of age story, you know, realizing that even though she doesn't have those powers, everyone has, but she's still special in her own way. And then, you know, the grandma seems like she's not really accepting of her because everybody had their ceremony where they got their powers and then she doesn't. So it's like she, you know, again, feel like outcast because what's special about her? But you kind of see throughout the movie that, you know, ha- everything happens for a reason, you know, and, um, and you know, I'm not much of a musical person, but no, of course, if, it, if it's animated in disney i i'm that's the exception and um yeah the music here is great especially the bruno song like i said that's gonna stick with me i know <laughs> and um but i do want to watch it again because when i first watched it i was kind of it's kind of more of a background but you know the, i did pay attention enough to get the gist of everything and um but i think I, I'm curious. I might mention it to my sister to see if my niece likes it. See, if, get her to watch it. Mm-hmm. See if she, see if she enjoys it. But um, but yeah. Overall, one of the better animated movies I've watched. And I don't get to watch. I don't. You know, I'm starting to get more into anime and less yeah. animation. But um, but yeah, it was good. Pretty strong, solid family kid movie. Everybody can get something out of it. So yeah. So apparently, uh. Bruno was originally named Oscar, but it, it his name was changed because it fit better in the song lyrics. <laughs> I don't like True. to talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. Yeah. It doesn't work for Oscar. Kirk, 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 Because you'd be concurring. Because you'd yeah. be concurring. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it just wouldn't have the same. And apparently, I mean, it probably could have worked. Like we, we wouldn't have known the difference. No, but it definitely <laughs> does sound better, though. Yes. And according according to the character design, uh, one of the character designers, uh, Dylan Ekron, the they had to fight for Louisa to be buff. Oh, really? Yeah. Which seems kind of silly, but it's an I don't know. It's an animation. Nobody's gonna really care, you know. Right. But, 
and she's strong. Yeah. Just have her physically look. Yeah. Now, what would have been interesting is when people start using her ability if she got smaller. Right. That would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. Most of the Latin voices are from Colombian-born or Colombian-descendant actors. So at least they tried to get that right. Uh, it could have that could have gone a little bit. They could have uh, helped out on one one of my movies I'll be talking about here in a little bit on that. But uh, but yeah, set in Colombia, the film contains several nods and themes of magical realism, the literary uh, genres using magical elements in order in ordinary settings. Uh, typical to the works by Colombian writer Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Uh, indeed, the phrase magical realism was coined in an effort to describe Marquez's work. The example in the trailer uh, where the fairy dust sparks in the Disney logo is changed with yellow butterflies, a recurring theme in Marquez's 1967 novel, 100 Years of Solitude. So, yay, look at us learning things. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. That's about it, man. I But I really enjoyed it. I think this is going to be another one of those that is going to be another hit. I mean, not that most Disney animation movies aren't. But it'll be one that'll be, I think, parents will enjoy more than some others, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah. Like when Grayson puts on Luca, I'm kind of like, Ugh, it's okay. I just like, oh my god. Yeah. And I don't like the I don't like the songs, but and uh, but Frank Canto, yeah, it's catchy. Like she still watches it from time to time. In fact, she'll even go to YouTube and just watch the videos, like the trailers. I'm like, why not just put the movie on? Yeah. <laughs> Got a good energy to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. So definitely check it out for sure. If you haven't already. So good family movie. Alrighty. So I checked out Encounter on yes. Prime Video. Same. Uh, it was released December 10th of last year. A runtime of an hour and 48 minutes, directed by Michael Pierce, and it stars Riz Ahmed, Octavia Spencer, uh, Janina uh, Gavankar, <clears throat> Rory Cochran, Lucian River Shauhan, uh, uh, Aditya Gidada, and Misha Collins. Uh, it's about two brothers embark on a journey with their father who is trying to protect them from an alien threat. So, you know, it starts off with Malik. Well, it actually starts off with the cool intro following like, the insect <laughs> kind of going through, um, basically getting infected and seeing it travel through different, I can't remember if it was a human body or animal but once it goes through, like it was cool shots of the inside of of a uh, organism, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then once it finally reaches destination, it just this kind of bursts open, with tiny little worms like infecting the host. And um, you know he wakes up in a hotel, very nasty hotel with <laughs> roaches and insects coming out of the wall. But he's checking his eyes, 
which, you know, from there, I'm like, well, I'm guessing that he feels like that's kind of how you check this for signs to see if you're infected because he believes there's an alien threat and they're using insects as a way to take over human bodies and control them. Yeah. So, so you know how much I love that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't like this movie already. <laughs> and I'm the one that worked. I was like, this is right up your alley. No, yeah. I saw the eye stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I know he struggled here. <laughs> but, um, you know, so he's basically on a mission. Um, his sons are living with his ex-wife. And, of course, she's moved on, remarried. And he's on a mission to rescue them because he feels like he's the only one that can protect them. And he just kind of shows up at the house in the middle of the night. Like, hey, let's go on a road trip. And, you know, it's it's very strange how he's acting. So, I was like, yes. you know. I, I was kind of suspicious at first, you know, the next things kind of played out. I was like, okay. But, um, you know, but they're cool with going with him. Says dad, you know, they haven't yeah. seen him in a while. Cause he's, he says he's on tour. He is ex military. Um, but, um, but that first encounter where they get pulled over by the police officer, that was, that was something. Cause I don't know. I don't know. The dude seemed like he was, I don't, he was on something. His eyes were glossy and glassy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't either. He's been doing some drinking or some extra, extra stuff. Right. But yeah, he didn't make it easy on him. And he ended up having to fight him because he felt, you know, this person's infected. And he's going to try to take him out and get his boys. And so he knocks him out and they keep going. But, um, it's more, I guess it's more of a journey for the, for the son, his sons to kind of grow. Yeah. Um, kind of, I guess um, it wasn't the intent, but it's kind of what happens because the oldest son, he's kind of aware of what's really going on. He's suspicious. He questions things, but he still kind of goes along with everything. And as the story unfolds, you start seeing it's kind of like the question, is this something that's really happening? Or as you learn about Malik, is it something that may just be in his head? Who knows? Um, Are his kids in danger? Are they safe with him? Because he kind of has a bit of a history, but um, you know, it was cool. It was a kind of little twist that I didn't see. Some I did, but you just didn't know. Like it could have went either way. Really, they could have done whatever they wanted there, and they could have made it yeah. this. But yeah, it was cool. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. It was very interesting. Um, Riz Ahmed always brings a level of intensity to his roles. Yeah. In the same sort of way that Michael B. Jordan does. Yeah. Like it could be a comedy. There's going to be some intensity. In it. <laughs> like now, neither I, I've not seen Riz Ahmed in a comedy, but I would assume. Um, but yeah, it there they always bring this. Like you're, it could be like not a great script, <clears throat> Fantastic Four, um, but. But actors like Michael B. Jordan, Riz Ahmed, bring this, bring an element to their acting that definitely levels it up, levels the movie, and makes it better. This is just one of those that it is a very interesting movie, but he definitely amplifies and level, you know, brings it to a, a new level when with his acting and. Yeah, that's kind of mainly when I, why I wanted to watch it, because I really appreciate him as an actor and know he'll knock it out. And that's really about the only way I was able to stick with it, <laughs> because, yeah, 
the bugs and everything. Like, I don't really like bugs a whole lot. And then bugs and through there, I'm like, uh, mm, uh. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he's not doing great. And then he's taking kids. Oh, well, yeah, this ain't good either. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I bet Patrick would like this. This <laughs> is like, I'm, I'm enjoying it okay. But there, it, you, you definitely are kind of on this on the edge of your seat there for a good, you know, through many of these moments because just because you as an audience member know something that those on the screen do not. Right. And so just having that extra tiny little bit of extra knowledge is enough that it'll just keep you engaged and wanting to finish watching this movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. It not my favorite. I mean, but I, I, I did enjoy it and I do appreciate, uh, do appreciate it. It's, and again, yeah, it's Riz Ahmed definitely brings, definitely brings it for sure. So and the, and the kids did pretty good too. A- agreed. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, um, uh, his facial expressions is what kind of pulls you in. Just yes. His eyes, like when he starts to freak out, his eyes get big. And it's like, all right. And like, even when you kind of figure out what's going on, it's still, you don't know where it's going to go from there because no. you know what's up and then you kind of see others kind of figuring out, but it's like considering the environment that they're in and the world, it could have just went, it could have just oh, went easily. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth a watch. Yep. I agree. So, uh, staying on Amazon prime, by the way, Encanto did win, Best animated feature for uh, Golden Globes last night. I forgot to mention that. And uh, also, uh, we'll go over the rest of the winners uh, before we talk about trailers. But another one that won a Golden Globe uh, last night was Nicole Kidman's role in the movie Being the Ricardos, which is also on Amazon Prime movie dropped on December 21st. It has got a runtime of two hours and 11 minutes, rated R. It follows Lucy and Desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who, of course, who I'm a fan of, West Wing, Social Network, all those walking and talking movies I enjoy. Because he's great at building characters and always making it entertaining. Uh, Starring Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball, Javier Bardem as Desi Arnaz, J.K. Simmons as William Frawley, Nina Arianda as Vivian Vance, Tony Hale as Jess Oppenheimer, Aaliyah Shawkat as Madeline Pugh, Jake Lacey as Bob Carroll, Window Levin as older Madeline Pugh, Ronnie Cox as older Bob Carroll, and then uh, John Rubenstein as older Jess Oppenheimer. Also starring Clark Gregg as Howard Winkie, and Nelson Franklin as Joe Strickland. What an amazing cast. So, yeah, so the story follows... It does tell. It does show some flashbacks of how they, Lucy and Desi, first met, and their budding relationship, and then 
their yeah struggles uh, in a marriage, but also how well they work as a team professionally. Getting the Iowa Voices show off the ground. Everything from that to, I think this is supposed to take place during the second season, episode four, I believe. However, the show, because it's the nerd in me looking it up, the show they're actually, the episode they're actually getting ready to shoot, it's like episode, it's actually season one, like episode 20 something, 22, I think. So, but whatever, who cares? (laughs) You know, I'm not, we're not trying to, it's not a documentary. Yeah. But. Also, Javier Bardem is uh, from Mexico and, you know, Desi Arnaz is from Cuba. There's a lot of, I have seen probably just haters would be my guess, talking about how Javier Bardem was miscast because he's, because he's uh, Mexican and not Cuban. I'm like, does he do a good job though? <laughs> you know, right. Like he, there's nothing in the script that says must hire a Cuban actor. Now, would it be, would it add some authenticity to it? Sure. Yeah. But that's most, but that's most things. I mean, they might've tried. It might've tried. And if they, if they auditioned, <clears throat> if he auditioned better than everybody else, then that just is what it is. But, uh, I thought he was okay. I didn't, dislike him as desi mm-hmm. i thought he was okay i think he's a phenomenal actor i mean don't get me wrong yeah uh, no country for old men shoot man yes. uh even him and uh skyfall was pretty good but yeah no javier Bardem's an amazing actor i just don't know if he was properly cast for this one i thought he did fine yeah i don't think it was I, he was definitely outshined uh, by Nicole Kidman's Lucy, who I also, being a huge Nicole Kidman fan, still thought she was kind of miscast. I still thought Deborah Messing should. I should. I think Deborah Messing should only play Lucy, <laughs> but uh, just because they share a lot of the same kind of personality quirks, I guess is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, personality, humor, manner. Manurism, stuff like that. Plus, she looks fairly close, you know, fairly similar to. However, that being said, Nicole Kidman was outstanding as Lucy. Out, I mean, she was amazing. Really, even surprised me, which it's hard to, you know, which I shouldn't be surprised about anything when it comes to Nicole Kidman. Um, but here we are, and even I was surprised in her role as Lucille Ball. The story itself is taking place because word is getting out that one time, was it ten, like four or ten years ago, she marked uh, down on a voter registration thing that uh, for party affiliation communism, but she didn't actually believe in communism. Just I forgot exactly why, but it was one of those things. But she's never believed in she's never been a quote-unquote communist and this is during the big red scare and you know people get getting blacklisted for being a communist yeah 
And so it was one of those things. She had marked it down, but she never actually voted that way. She actually, um, I think, voted Democrat, I think, in the election. And so she had already been investigated. It had already she had already been cleared by the government. She was good to go. So she's trying to focus more on this next episode that they're getting ready to shoot. However, the the news and everything else is focusing on this one single issue, which is starting to stir up some talk in the studio amongst the other actors and staff. And she uh, she's like, no, let's focus on this episode. And she's there's a couple in her and this the director for the episode is a very young director, and mm-hmm. so. She, who's only directed a couple of small things, so she doesn't have a whole lot of, shouldn't have, hold him in very high regard. And she knows what she wants in this episode and how she wants this episode to be, to be done, but keeps having to put his budding heads with the director and the studio on different things. And Desi is basically has her back on stuff because essentially it's his, you know, it's his studio, and he's going to run things. Which, you know, but, you know, if this is what Lucy wants to do, this is the way it's going to be done, type of, you know, her way or the highway. Right. But she's also possibly focusing on too much on small things and not on an overall big picture type of thing. Um, Because she's wanting everything to be perfect. Okay. But it, it's really a fascinating story of this small look into this time period and these actors. The story is not about how well they nail, you know, the real life people. It's just about, they're not like, Hey, we're going to try and imitate all these mannerisms and all this different stuff. We're going to try and focus more on the story and how we tell it. And if we, you know, get, we knock this out, you know, in the process. Great. Yeah. Like Javier Bardem playing, the bongos and all that. Just, yeah. He, he does a good job and does that. He tries. He tries, but he doesn't really try too hard at doing a Cuban accent and trying to sound like Desi, which is good. But some people think that that's a critic, more of a criticism that he, of why they should have got a Cuban actors. Cause he's not able to, it's like, not everything has to be spot on. You that's have true. to weave, you need to leave some room for interpretation. True. Again, we're not filming a documentary. This is a um, adaptation of yes. real people. Yes. Yeah. Like J.K. Simmons looks nothing like William Frawley. But guess yeah. what? He does an amazing job. That's what I kind of thought about with a lot of movies, the roles, the people that they get. And, like Especially if it's kind of like autobiographical where they're playing real people that sometimes it's more about just getting someone that can present the story. Well, not so much as accuracy of the person they're playing. It's just, can you make, can you perform this well enough to keep people interested in what's going on? Sometimes it is just, eh, they don't care, but a lot of times they, they try to be as authentic as possible, but sometimes you just got to get performances out of it. Yeah. And I think, some of the reason why they, why people are hating is because 
Lucy and Desi are such beloved characters. Yeah. That any they will nitpick at any small little thing because it's not it's their beloved characters. True. Basically, it, it's a non-superhero version of <laughs> Hayden on superheroes. Yeah. It's kind of like if whenever they, you know, undoubtedly do a Betty White movie and they get somebody to play Betty yeah. White, people are going to be nitpicking about that. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 may, I may yeah. even be one of those people. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, that, one of those things. that's going to be kind of hard to emulate and replicate, <laughs> you know, because yeah. she's, she's unique. Uh, so... But one thing to kind of you know, throw out there, after uh, seeing the movie, Lucy Arnaz released a video on her YouTube channel mm-hmm. uh, October of last year in which she called the movie, quote, freaking amazing. She complimented Eric Sorkin for making a great movie that really captured the time period and had wonderful casting. She also said that Nicole Kidman, quote, became my mother's soul, end quote. She also said that Javier Bardem didn't look like her dad, but, quote, he has everything that my dad had. He was he has his wit, his charms, his dimples, and his masculinity. End quote. So there you go, haters. I mean, that's coming from their kid. <laughs> like yeah. now, if she had come out and said something, oh I hate this. this then tra- would yeah, understand. Would have yeah, understood. Like, <laughs> they didn't listen to any of my suggestions or I knew nothing even about come, this. <laughs> I knew nothing about this. They didn't even yeah. come and talk to me. I didn't consult in any way. If you don't hear that then. It's, I don't know, folks just be trying to find something sometimes. Um, so even, uh, so apparently Kate Blanchett had originally been cast to play Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then dropped out and uh, was replaced by Nicole Kidman. Both actress, ast- actresses are Australian. Blanchett did uh provide a voiceover at Kidman's suggestion. So, oh, that's in her film, Eyes Wide Shut, back in 99. Never mind. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, anyways, it was, I, I like the way it was done. So, I, yeah. I would definitely recommend, for sure. If for no other reason to watch uh, Nicole Kidman's acting. So I think it'll be interesting um, come Oscar season because I have a feeling she will be her and Jessica Chastain probably be to two favorites for best actress. So at least those are definitely my two favorite perform two of my favorite performances from last year and both of them from biopics. Big surprise. Right. So being the Ricardo's also on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Really good. Alrighty. <clears throat> so I watched this on Showtime. I watched Zola, which is an A24 movie. A24. So this one, it didn't quite end with me saying, what did I just watch? <laughs> but, you know, it, but. I, I still say it fits. <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, it's still A24. Um, this is one of those 2020 movies that didn't get released to 2021. And that was June 30th of 2021. Has a runtime of an hour and 26 minutes. So it's under 90 minutes. Okay. And directed by uh, Janixa Bravo. Starring Taylor Page as Zola. Riley Keough 
That's Stephanie. You have Nicholas Brown. That's Derek. Ariel Stachel. That's Sean. And Coleman Domingo plays Abagunde X Alawale. Good job, man. <laughs> Good job. And practicing. Yeah. Um, but this is about a stripper named Zola who embarks on a wild road trip to Florida. And I mean, it's it's a short movie. Like it really feels short, so it's a it's an easy easy watch. But um, it starts off basically. This is a story about Zola and Stephanie, how how they meet, and then how they have their falling out. So Zola works at a restaurant that I would say is similar to Hooters, where they you know kind gotcha. of wear skimpy stuff. Yeah. But when she meets Stephanie, they kind of click, and you know Stephanie approaches her and asks her. Or says that she's seen her before and asked whether or not she's a dancer. So they kind of vibe on that because they both dance. They do exotic dancing. And so within 24 hours, Stephanie's invited Zola to go on a road trip to Florida to do some dancing at some clubs down there. And Zola agrees, you know, following the money, yep. even though she barely knows Stephanie. So she gets that. This is a message here. Don't don't if, if somebody you just meet within 24 hours says go on a field trip. Yeah. <laughs> At least give it a, okay. give it a good give it some time. <laughs> or have somebody of, you know with you. <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe Facebook stalk them for a few minutes. Yeah, because she's got a boyfriend who's just all okay with her going with some strangers. She just met him like, that's not cool, dude. Not cool. But um so it's pretty much like a seventy two hour trip because they meet on a Thursday, head out on Friday, and then their 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 journey is the next three days. But um she comes to find out that it's more than just dancing that she's expected to do while she's down here because Coleman's character, which he goes by X, is mm-hmm. so Stephanie has a boyfriend named Derek and X is the roommate. But you find out X has more of a, his his role is a little more than what than just a roommate, more like a pimp, so to gotcha. speak. So. You know, when Zola kind of gets wind of what's really going on, she tries to dip out. And X is like, no, you're not going anywhere. Like, he literally changes, starts having, like, a deep Jamaican accent. Yeah. really verbally violent and aggressive towards her. And so she just kind of is stuck because she's got no friends with her. She's got nobody there to kind of help her out. So she's stuck where she's at. And, you know, the kind of work that they're they're really supposed to be doing is – it's a little more, I guess, intimate affair than she was expecting. Oh, gotcha. So, kind of keep that clean. Um, but, um, so she doesn't actually participate, but she helps Stephanie kind of do her thing by helping her market herself better to get more money because she's kind of lowballing herself. Yeah. And, um, and then Stephanie's boyfriend, Derek, is kind of going along with it, but... He doesn't like that Stephanie's doing what she's doing, but, you know, he kind of goes with it because he's kind of, um, he's a bit weak-minded. He's easily impressionable, and, you know, he's he's, he's, he's really into her, so whatever she does, he's going with, even if he doesn't like it, because he doesn't want to lose her. He's kind of off in the head also. But um, that's basically what it is. She follows someone she doesn't know to Florida, supposed to just be dancing, turns out to be more. They start having a falling out because Stephanie's She's she's got some issues herself. But yeah. it's like if you don't really know someone, don't don't go by yourself with them. That's that's kind of what I took from this. Um 
it was interesting. It wasn't bad. But um, okay. they they made this movie based off of uh, some Twitter posts that the mm. real life Zola made. And so, which explains why it's so short, because it's, it's just basically the weekend trip of her posting. And they just turned it into a story, which I thought was cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. It's on Showtime, less than 90 minutes. Had a budget of five million, million, and it made back its five million. There so you go. Broke even, at least. Broke even. Yeah. Well, the marketing wasn't super great. So. No. No. Consider. I mean, I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah. Okay. Well. Next, watched another family movie. This time on Paramount Plus, Grayson and I watched Rumble. It's uh, rated PG, an hour and 44 minutes long. Uh, basically, in a world where monster wrestling is a global sport and monsters are superstar athletes, teenage Winnie seeks to follow in her father's footsteps by training a monster, uh, a lovable underdog monster, into a champion. So. Very straightforward. Yeah. Um, uh, directed by uh, Hamish Grieve, also written by. It uh, stars Geraldine Viswanathan as Winnie, Will Arnett as Rayburn, uh, Stephen A. Smith as Mark Remy, Terry Crews as Tentacular. Uh, Jimmy Tetro as Lights Out McGinty, Tony Shaloub as Fred, uh, Susan Kowechi Watson as Maggie, Tony Danza as Siggy, right. yep, uh, Bridget Everett as Lady May- Mayhen, uh, Michael Buffer as the Stoker announcer, and Ben Schwartz as uh, Jimothy Brett. Chadway the third, and then Brian Bumgardner as Clunk, and then John DiMaggio as several different voices because that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and Fred Ted Ted Skior as well also does a bunch of voices. Um, this movie was cute, it was fine. Uh, animation wasn't bad. Um, I liked Encanto's animation better, uh, but it was a f- okay movie. I mean, it had been delayed, I think, twice. I think it's also one that was supposed to come out in 2020. Um, but got pushed back and then pushed back and then never came out in theaters and just got released to Paramount+. Plus. Which, if I had seen it in theater, I still would have been fine with. I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah. Um, it's not a it's not a bad movie. It's and it's different. Excuse me. It's different. You know, it's not something we've seen before. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. It just seemed like something was missing. I'm not sure what. It just felt like I don't know. There was some humor, but it wasn't like I, I guess not. I want to say adult humor, but. It wasn't like jokes that would make adults laugh. It's mostly stuff for kids. You know, it's mo- more of a kids movie than a family movie. We'll go that way. Okay. In that sense. Um, 
It was formerly called Monster on the Hill, uh, made in partnership with Real FX. Um, it's the uh, it's Walden Media's second animated film after The Star in 2017 from Columbia Pictures slash Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, but yeah, it I mean it's yeah it's fine. It's you know it's got some it's got some good uh, funny mm-hmm. moments in it. Kids will like it, uh, especially younger kids. I don't think York would care for this too much. I think York may enjoy Encanto more than he would this movie. Yeah, but I also think he wouldn't want to watch either one. To be honest, <laughs> um, it's just not going to be his thing, which is fine. You know, at eleven, probably not. But yeah, but Grayson liked it. She hasn't really wanted to rewatch it though. Um, but she liked it okay. So that's yeah. Okay. Uh, again, younger kids probably like it more than you know, we'll say under ten. So somewhere between like five and nine uh will like this movie. So yep. But that's all I got, man, for me. Alrighty. So <clears throat> My movie, I ventured back to the Bell Court, which I like the theater. I actually got to sit in the bigger one of the oh, bigger. Oh, yes, theaters. yeah. So, but the seats are a little small. I had to kind of squeeze in. You know, guess guess I got hips. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no line. <laughs> so, um, I went to see Drive My Car. Okay, which is a Japanese drama. Which happens to be a Golden Globe winner's whale for a best foreign language film. That uh, was released November 24th, 2021. Comes in with a whopping runtime of two hours and 59 minutes. But it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's one of those, like, you know, you know, it's three hours, but it was, you know, you don't really notice it. All right. My challenging part. You got this. <laughs> I have faith in you. You've got this. So the director. Is Ryusuke uh, Hamaguchi, and it stars uh, Hiratoshi Nishijima as Yusuke Kafuko, Kafuku, um, Toko Miura as Masaki Watari, um, Masaki Okada as Koji Takatsuki, Reika Kirishima as Oto. Kafuku as Yusuke's wife. Uh, you have Park Yurim as Lee Yun Ah. Uh, Satoko Abe as Yuhara. Uh, Jin Dae Yuan as Gong Yun So. And Sonia Yuan as Janice or Janice Chang. And this follows a stage actor and director uh, who's happily married to his playwright wife. And then one day she disappears or dies, which is to be more exact. So well, she definitely disappears. <laughs> yeah. So this is based on a short story of the same name by Haruki Murakami from his 2014 short story collection, Men Without Women. And so Yusuke is a, directs a production of Uncle Vanya. 
And also while grappling with the death of his wife. And, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of rough. Like, so it starts off. It, it, I don't, I wanted to look at my phone to see what the time was, but I didn't want anybody saying, oh, he's using his phone. Come get him. Because oh, I'm yeah, yeah. really particular about that. Yep. But it was, I'd say, at least 30 to 45 minutes before you get to the actual title screen. So, oh, wow. And so I was like, I wonder if they could have just started, which I didn't mind because you got the backstory of what's going mm-hmm. on with his character. And then you go into the, the main movie, doesn't start until the credits. And so, but it starts off with him and his wife in bed and she's telling a story. And you find out later, like, far as her her thing with storytelling and it's just kind of a, a moment with them it's lights low it's dark and she's just giving a story he's kind of filling in some things and um basically what you come to find out is after they're intimate she starts getting inspiration for for stories because they're both okay. playwrights like he writes for stage and she's more of a film screenwriter and that's kind of her how she gets her inspiration and they explain why, you know, it's kind of, kind of a little odd, but they explain, they, they explain more as to why she does that. Um, so his greatest fear was losing his wife. And that does sadly come true. But two years after the fact, he's hired to direct an adaptation of the Uncle Vanya play in Hiroshima, which is six weeks of auditions and prep and then two weeks of performance. So, and one of the people that's auditioning is a gentleman that his wife introduced him to before she died that he doesn't quite get along with. So you got some tension there. Um, And as a requirement, the production team hires a driver for him. He has, um, I don't know what your model is, but the vehicle is is a Saab. After watching this, it's making me, I want, I want one. (laughs) I don't know why I, I want one. Yeah. Um. But he's kind of reluctant in doing so, you know, it's a, huh? One might say it's a sob story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in a way, the car car is a character, too. I I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. So his driver, 23-year-old Misaki Watari, and, you know, she's like, are you not wanting me to drive because I'm female? It's like, no, I just... He's one. Of, he's really particular about driving his car. He knows his car, and it's an older model. He, he's it's particulars. And yeah. It's kind of like kind of like me. Like when I went first time to the Bell Court, my friend Rhonda was driving, but I was I didn't like being in the passenger seat. I didn't like. It. <laughs> <laughs> I like driving myself. And you know, it wasn't that she was driving bad. It's just I just didn't like. I wasn't comfortable because it'd been so long since I hadn't driven anywhere that wasn't like a work related thing. But um. But he's reluctant and, you know, she starts driving for him and he, over time he kind of gets warms up to her. Um, <clears throat> so. So you got him dealing with his loss of his wife and the pressure of putting together this play and also having to get used to. Working with someone he doesn't really get along with and relying on someone else to get him to where he got to go, you know, so it's, it's a lot for him. Um, it's it's a really good movie. It's well acted, shot well, especially the scenes running the car driving. Um, he has this thing where, because he he's also an actor, so when he performs, he has a tape plan where it's just he speaks his part, 
and someone else is saying the other people's lines and then he kind of just goes over his lines and as he finishes his lines the next one you know that's how he practices and preps yeah and um that's kind of he, he was kind of worried about that because that's how he does most of his practice and he drives because he asked for a place an hour away from where they rehearse specifically so he can drive in and go over the lines and um but he's able to continue it because driver's fine with him playing the tape he can still do what he does she's a great driver he does he, even to the like he he really warms up to her because he doesn't like anybody else driving even when his yeah. wife was driving when he had an accident early in the movie he starts kind of messing with her about her driving so but um that's, that's bold <laughs> <laughs> i'm just right. saying um but yeah it's 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 really good like that's, that's the one movie this weekend i had to see and i'm glad i did just from the trailer um yeah I enjoyed it. I love it. And I see why it won best foreign language film. Best foreign language film at the Golden yes. Globes, speaking of yes. which. Yes. Yes. This is, one that might, this is one that might, when it comes on, I might, I might actually pick it up. Okay. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a segue. <laughs> As we now discuss the results of, or the winner's results, whatever, same thing, yeah. of last night's Academy Awards. Or not Academy. Good Lord, I'm fast forwarding a couple months. <laughs> the Hollywood Core Impress Golden Globes from 2022. I believe it's the 79th annual. Yep. Golden Globe winners. Uh, we'll go ahead and breeze through television. Uh, Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, I missed. Oh. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis won for. Uh, Ted Lasso is can't see who won actress. That's awesome. I love it when ads pop up. Um, Jeremy Strong won for best actor in a drama. Uh, best actress went to MJ Rodriguez for pose in a drama. Uh, Michael Keaton won for Dope Sick for Best Performance by Actor in the Limited Series. Um, Kate Winslet won for Mayor of Easttown for Best Performance of an Actress, uh, Limited Series, et cetera, et cetera. And Succession won for Best Television Drama Series. I have not watched the new season. It's hard to get me to get on board to want to watch uh, the latest season of people that you don't root for. Like there's no redeeming quality in any of them, so yeah. it's a bunch of people you can't stand bickering about different. You know, I don't know. It's hard for me to get excited about that, but yeah. it's a good show. Like I mean, the acting's phenomenal. But it's just it's hard for me to get excited about wanting to watch that. I mean, I will eventually. Uh, Sarah Snook won for Succession for Best Performance in Actress in Supporting Role, and. Oh Young Soo won for Squid Game for best performance of an actor in a supporting role. That'd be the old man, I believe. Uh, Hacks won for best television series musical or comedy on HBO Max, uh, which actually is pretty good. And for now getting into movies for best motion picture musical or comedy, West Side Story won. Over Cyrano, Don't Look Up, Licorice Pizza, Tick, Tick, Boom, West Side Story 1. Uh, best Motion Picture Drama, 
the power of the dog one as discussed on this podcast uh over king richard dune coda and belfast best motion picture for a language drive my car one over compartment number six the hand of god a hero and parallel mothers best screenplay went to kenneth brana for belfast he beat out Paul Thomas Anderson, Wicker's Pizza, Gene Campion, Power of the Dog, Adam McKay, Don't Look Up, and Aaron Sorkin being the records. It's like all the directors won for best <laughs> were nominated for best screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Have them do both. <laughs> Damn. Screenwriters. Mm. Yeah, step their game up. Yeah. Maybe they need to start winning best director. Yeah. Uh, best in original song went to Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell for No Time to Die from movie of the same name. Uh, best actor in supporting role went to Cody Smith McPhee, aka The Amazing Nightcrawler, <laughs> for The Power of the Dog. Sorry, I've been rewatching the latest X Men movies again. Yeah. That's part of my. Thing. And I don't know why I started, but I, here we are. <laughs> All right, halfway into it. Uh, best actress in a supporting role, uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Best actor in a motion picture musical comedy, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Sorry, No Way Home. That'll have to be for next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best motion picture animated went to Encanto, beat out Flea, Luca, my Sonny Maud and uh, Ryan the Last Dragon. Best actor in a motion picture drama went to Will Smith for King Richard. Beat out Mahershala Ali for Swan Song, Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Best actress in a motion picture drama went to Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. She beat out Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter, Lady Gaga for house of Gucci and uh, case due for Spencer. Uh, best actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy uh, winner was Rachel Ziegler for West side story. She beat out uh, Marion Cotillard for Annette Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza, Jennifer Lawrence for Don't Look Up, and Ms. Stone for Cruella. Best Director, Motion Picture, went to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. And beat out Kenneth Branagh for uh, Belfast, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Lost Daughter, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story, and Dennis Villeneuve for Dune. Best Original Score went to uh, Dune. Beat out The French Dispatch, Encanto, Power of the Dog, Parallel Mothers. Which that makes sense. I actually really like yeah. the score for Dune. Um, although I like the French Dispatch too. It's definitely one of those I'm going to enjoy a lot more on repeat viewing, I think. But yeah, that's usually most of Wes Anderson movies. And that is the results for the Golden Globes. I didn't even do any picks this year because it wasn't televised, which kind of loses some of its magic. Plus, yeah, when televised. Interesting. So, yep. So, I was like, I'm not even going to 
check Twitter. I don't even care. I'll just wait till tomorrow and wait till all the results are in and just look it up. Yeah. Don't the Golden Globes usually come a little later? I thought, or is this around the time it usually does? Yeah, maybe later in the month, usually like in the end of the month. Um, thank God the Academy Awards got decided to move theirs back to the end of March like it's supposed to. Yeah. Instead of, what was it, I think 1st of February last year. It was like ridiculous early. Yeah. Like all the award shows were done by before March. I'm like, this is crazy. So there you go. There's our first taste, and I will start the spreadsheet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, the only trailer we have is a new trailer from Moonfall. So if you love your Roland Emmerich disaster movies, this is for you. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, coming out this week on the 14th, uh, Scream 5 or just Scream. I think it's just, I call it Scream 5. Uh, I think Hotel Transylvania 4, Transform Mania, is finally getting dropped on Amazon Prime this Friday. Which Grayson will be happy about because that means she won't be asking me when that comes out (laughs) anymore. It's Friday. Sorry, it's been pushed back three times. I don't know what you want me to do. Write a strongly worded letter. Right. So we should write a letter. <laughs> Get <Yeah>. on this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Italian Studies comes out and Bell, which is an anime. I think Bell's an animated movie. Um, That's an anime. I believe so. Yeah. They showed a preview for it in the Bell Court. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are coming out this week. I would. I need to scratch out Morbius coming out on the twenty eighth. So that's coming out a quarter to never, because that, believe it or not, I kid you not, got pushed back. To, I think April now. Did it really? Was it really worried about uh, losing out to Orphan first kill, <laughs> or Cyrano's wide release at the end of January? I just don't think Sony has faith in that movie, or they're then, trying to do some stuff to add. Drop it on streaming. Stop. If y'all ain't got it by now, after it's been pushed back, what, three or four times? Like, it's like even Black Widow's like, wow, this is a bit much. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. uh, I was ready because it's like the last movie I need to watch for the Sony kind of promo where if you watch Venom, Spider Man, and Morbius. Maybe they did. Maybe they did it for that reason. They're pushing it so you don't get it. I'm going to write them a very angry letter. Story. Ah, bless. That's why Sony doesn't need to have Spider Man anymore. Exactly. (laughs) You don't deserve it. No. Can't do this to me. uh, Anybody that. They already lost it. They already. I mean, right now they only have Spider Man. They don't even have Peter Parker anymore. True. Whoever (laughs) that guy was. Yeah. Whatever. This is how we get Miles Morales. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Uh. <laughs> <Bless. laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Well, my friend, I think that's uh, how we wrap up this first episode of the new year. So. Sir. All righty. We'll be back again next week. With some uh, new hot takes on some new movies. I've got a couple that are that I've got on rental that I need to get through and bring to everyone's attention. So 
And uh, yeah, if you get a minute, please check our swag out on Redbubble and please help yourself. I love my coffee mug. Stainless steel keeps everything hot. It's great not only to uh, put coffee with a little bit of something, something for uh, for after the kids go to bed, or it's just great for just regular coffee whenever you have to do carpool. So there you go. And the shirt fits beautifully. It's great to wear wherever, chilling at the house or even under a work shirt. So there you go. <laughs> if you have that type of thing. So uh, yep. And I'm loving my notebook, which I'm using to uh, do all our outlines for this year. So, ta-da, multi-purpose. There you go. And if you all think about it tomorrow on the 11th, uh, drop Brother Patrick a happy birthday note. He would greatly appreciate it. So, feel the love, feel the love. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friend, happy birthday. And we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.